Welcome into Two Four Drafts. Austin Gale here, the host of Two Four Drafts, a rookies and draft prospects podcast. Today, the bonus listener mailbag. We're continuing to answer your mailbag questions on a bonus episode every single week. Make sure to go to Apple Podcasts, leave a five star review, and drop your question in there if you want your question answered on the podcast. Without further ado, let's get it. listener mailbag mike no stories off the rip we just got to get to the questions man we are behind yeah we're gonna get to april though here on okay this one hopefully we're getting to april exciting stuff let's do it starting with sticky nunchucks what are you guys' first memories of watching the nfl draft as a child as a packer fan i was eight years old when they drafted aaron Rodgers, and i remember crying my eyes out and throwing a temper tantrum about them replacing Brett Favre, similar to how I cried as a 23-year-old after they drafted Jordan Love. Were you guys were you guys this nerdy about the draft at a young age? I was, yes. That I absolutely love the NFL draft. First one I remember watching and like being invested in. 01, Mike Vick, LT, the trade uh, down or the trade up, I guess, to go get him, and then obviously San Diego, then getting Drew Brees in that one. Packers grabbing fucking Jamal Reynolds. What an awful pick. That's a bad stretch of drafts there. Then the first year I ended up getting a draft guide was 2002. Uh, that was the year uh, that the Packers, who the Packers take at that year's draft? They drafted Javon Walker. I had a Jaywalk shirt grow, sweatshirt growing up. He was awesome. Jaywalk? He was so good, dude. Javon Walker's prime was awesome. That And that year I had a draft guide. First year I had a draft guide. I remember thinking Quentin Jammer. I remember reading like his thing. He went fifth overall that year of the charge. I'm like, this guy's going to be awesome. His name's fucking Jammer. How can he not be the bomb at cornerback? Now, I was led astray. He ended up sucking nuts in the NFL. It happens. But I used to get then draft guides every year. My birthday is April 27th, so I used to get draft guides for my birthday right before the draft every year. Go right through it. Now I make my own. That is pretty sick, man. Uh, my first draft where I really was paying attention was the um, 2004 draft when the Las Vegas Raiders, or I guess formerly the Oakland Raiders, drafted uh, Robert Gallery. Gallery. In a gallery draft, I was like, dude, this guy is a 10 year starter. Dude, yeah. 10 year starter. He's a 10 year starter. Six foot seven, 325. I was like, I'm in. I am all in. And then I think the next, so the next um, draft where I really, so that was 2004. And I don't think I was like, studying the draft until 2007 and you know that draft for the Raiders fans Jamarcus Russell number one overall and then it was like the Darren McFadden draft the Darius Hayward Bay draft where we took him over Michael Crabtree and Jeremy Macklin so I definitely remember those are the the, the Russell draft was the first one where I was like okay this is who we're gonna take dad I'm, I'm thinking this guy this guy I think he's got the big arm he could throw 40 yards on his knees this is gonna be our guy and I remember just Obviously, I had season tickets when Jamarcus Russell was first drafted to the Raiders, mm -hmm. and he had that big holdout. That was when rookie yeah. contracts weren't fixed, so just, and um, they, were, they were holding out, and they were starting Kerry Collins, a combination of Kerry Collins and I think, um, who's the other quarterback? Like Walker or something. I don't remember his name or whatever it was, but it was um, it was rough, dude. dude it going was back and looking at the 0-4 draft, goes Eli Manning, then obviously the, the Chargers got traded, then Robert Gallery. <laughs> Robert Gallery, number two overall. Then Larry Fitzgerald, Philip Rivers, Sean Taylor. That's your top five. You pass on Rob you pass on Larry Fitzgerald, Philip Rivers, Sean Taylor for Robert F. Gallery. 
Roethlisberger obviously in that draft. But do you well. remember the pre-draft analysis for yeah. Robert Gowdy? I mean, I mean everyone, sure yeah, dude, everyone was like, this is the next coming of, you know, you pick your favorite future Hall of Fame offensive lineman. Yeah. Like, that's who it was. Um, I'm trying to look up who the quarterbacks were for the Raiders that season, who were starting ahead of... Um, Jamarcus. Oh, it was Andrew Walter, Matt Walker. Okay, Andrew, yeah, Andrew Walter, Walter and like, and they they were starting ahead of Jamarcus. And then I remember Jamarcus Russell's first pass in the Oakland Coliseum. He completes like a seven or seventeen yard like outs like Ronald Curry, and everyone just lost it. The I don't think the stadium has been louder since. It was legitimately <laughs> like, it's crazy to think that as bad as as big of a Jamarcus Russell has become, as big of a joke Jamarcus Russell has become. Mm-hmm. The fans were so excited for Jamarcus Russell at one point. There were Russell chants in Oakland Coliseum when Andrew Walter was out there shitting the bed. Ronald Curry, man. He played basketball at North Carolina. Him and Julius Peppers. There's a clip of the oh, Ronald really? Curry throwing a oop to Julius Peppers. Wow. Crazy stuff. That was a cool throwback to start. Um, all right. This is from Jameson Schumacher. It's Shoemaker. I apologize. Ouch, dude. You <laughs> it, got you right up. Right it, up it's the top. Shoemaker. And why does Mike look like he just shaved his legs and is on the way to send his food back on a first date all the time? And he got you too, Mike. Shave my legs. I'm just a naturally hairless human being. It doesn't it doesn't come in here. None I agree with the last in. comment though. Have you ever sent food back at a restaurant? I never sent food back. I have PTSD. I hope my mom's listening. She used to send food back all the time when I was a kid and it made me so embarrassed that I can't I refuse. I'll just eat dog shit if they same, put it on my plate. Same. Your mom is definitely listening. When you guys go out, what are your drinks of choice for pregame and then your then your drink to maintain once you're at uh your given destination? I, I don't feel like I have a difference. Um Miller Lights, the, the trick of choice. Um, yeah, usually. And if it's Miller Light, if I'm doing any, like, at a bar or anything, because, like, you order a White Claw, you're like, oh, what flavors you got? And you have to do that whole song yeah, yeah, dance. Yeah. That's annoying. But if I'm outside and it's, like, summertime, I'll drink a White Claw. Definitely think Miller Light's the, the drink of choice. I also yeah. like a good uh, vodka tonic, gin and tonic, if you're trying to send it. If you didn't drink all day. Okay, but yeah. usually when we hit the bars on Saturdays, it's usually, like, you've been starting since, like, 1 o'clock. Um, did, did I tell you on Twitter... So I tweeted that uh, thing about you, White Claw Surge, turning you into Johnny Manziel. Yeah. PBR very, responded. That was very unfortunate. What did that PBR say? PBR has their, their own, own, and it's yeah. called PBR Surge. <laughs> PBR Surge is 8% alcohol. It's a seltzer. I swear. It's called the exact It's, same it's called the same exact There's thing. There's no way it's yeah, called. I dude, just looked at PBR Surge. It's not even a thing. Dude, go to my Twitter and look PBR at PBR Seltzer. Dude, it's definitely a it's thing. It's called PBR Strong Seltzer. Stronger Seltzer. They, they just came out with it a couple days ago. Okay, I'm telling you it's true. Twitter. Telling you it's true. Maybe we should try it on the pod. We well, I have to try it on the pod. PBR Surge. If they want to sponsor us, I will drink PBR Surge all weekend. Doesn't matter. Or weekend. That doesn't even make any sense. I'll drink it all year. All right. Uh, second question. What is the absolute best way to maximize Justin Herbert's potential and build the offense to his strengths? You just can't let that offensive line go. That has been your death knell. I mean, that was what? Just like Phillip Rivers every 3 p.m. game for the last decade just under gobs of pressure until he just couldn't take it anymore. Can't, ha- can't let that happen. It's like it wasn't fixed last year. Obviously, injury is always a factor, but like injuries, seemingly you're the Chargers offensive line. You're going to get hurt. That's just how it goes there. So you cannot, like, can't stop drafting offensive linemen just because you signed a few in free agency. Fair enough. All right, third question from Shoemaker. What is your opinion on Steve's take of trying Derwin at outside corner? He did clamp Keenan pretty hard in hard knocks. I I don't hate it, honestly. I, I think he could be awesome there. Now, it's like he's already awesome at what he does, though. I, I think the outside corner would be more valuable 
if he could be the guy that tracks for you, if that's like what he could do. And especially in like Brandon Staley's defense, kind of the safeties there really do play deep and they don't add on to the run game. So I'm not sure that he's going to all of a sudden, you know, Derwin's that's kind of going to nix a lot of his value. Like they don't blitz their safeties. They're not around the line of scrimmage in that defense. That's so a good point. for them, I could see it. Like I, I, I'd give it a shot if I were them. That'd be wild. Especially if it's just like, like I said, if your other option is him just playing back and like super off and not adding on to the run game and just being like this like zone deep defender. Yeah, I'd rather ha- I'd rather have him on the outside playing corner. Alrighty, this is from okay, PBR is called the stronger seltzer. They just they said did someone say surge because they're roasting the surge. They're oh they're roasting it. Yeah. Okay. Well, I was they got a better one. Fair enough. Apparently. All right. This is from Koala. We'll do a taste test in the pod. Deal. Yeah. This is from Koala Swala. I've been a listener for a while, and I've been trying to get a Browns question. The question is, who would you guys feel would be a great wide receiver option for the Browns on day two? We say Danny Brown for everybody. So Danny Brown. But honestly, someone – I go back and forth on this because they really don't have anyone with big size there necessarily in that receiving core. But they also don't have someone with, like, legit speed outside of Odell. So I go back and forth. I'll just say Josh Palmer's my guy in the third round. Tennessee, wide receiver. He's got a little bit of both. Go get Josh Palmer. I think Josh Palmer, third or fourth, would be pretty, pretty nice. Um, Let's go ahead and jump now to ADFG, a bunch of other letters after that. Not sure if you're still doing mailbags. We are. What are your thoughts on Malik Willis, 2022 quarterback from Liberty? The dude with the hose. We talked about him. (laughs) He's got a hose. He's got an absolute rocket ship arm. He's not even that big, but just... You could sling it. Now, the rest of it, work in progress. We'll see. But he's got a good, he's got a hose. That's that's what matters, man. And if you're gonna play for Liberty and you got that, you got to be like the best quarterback at, at Liberty's ever seen. You know, if you want to be considered one of the top 2022 quarterbacks, I think people have asked me a ton about Desmond Ritter of Cincinnati. It's like there are some tools there. There is some athleticism, some rushing ability. Why aren't you the best quarterback in the group of five? You know, if you want to get talked about as a first rounder, because some people are mocking him in the top ten next year. I know people are doing way too early 2022 mocks, but like we have not seen. I mean, he's been a top three, top five quarterback in the AAC. I pushed back on the way too early moniker, by the way. It's not way too early. It's the fucking NFL draft. I can do whatever I want. Wow. Okay, keep going. All right. Anyway, um, this is from GoFins21. Also, uh, no, my question How secretive are NFL front offices actually? They have to be sharing some inside information to get some of the deals done, right? Or are they actually Fort Knox? I'll hang up and listen. Yeah, I mean, we kind of like Schrager kind of yeah. talked about this yesterday. Like you deal, you give information to one person to get it to the other. And you only give out information like if you want information. It's like a bartering process. So if you really are, if there's a really big decision or really something massive on the horizon, you're not going to tell Hugh Jackson, basically. If you think back to the Baker Mayfield, who they were going to take. They didn't tell Hugh until the day before the draft. And then all of a sudden, everyone knew that Hugh, that, the, the Browns are about to draft Baker Mayfield. That's what you do if you're a front office and there's like a big decision on the horizon, something like that. That's incredible. Imagine the front office not trusting you enough to tell you until the day before the draft. Yeah. That's awful. But like if you hear, you know, what was the the tra- Carson Wentz trade rumors, you like heard Bears are offering whatever, XXYZ. It's to try to like drum up interest. Yeah, They absolutely. were putting that out there to try to drum up interest. It's not just like, oh, oops, that leaked out there. How'd that happen? 
It's like, no, they want that. Dude, what Schrager was saying about Schefter, how Schefter will just like be wheeling and dealing out there, man. He's just, uh, it's awesome. All right, let's go ahead and get to T-Boogie 9. With the Dolphins moving back, and it looking like there could be four quarterbacks taken before the Bengals pick and Joe Burrow pounding the table for Jamar Chase, should the Bengals pick Penesul or Chase? Or I think you meant the Dolphins there. Should the, or does No. Okay, maybe it does mean the Bengals. Yeah. Should the Bengals take Penesul or Jamar Chase? And how did you guys get hooked on smelling salts? Ooh, this is, I think, I'm trying to debate here. This might officially be the question of the offseason because we got another guy here. G-R-M-B, it sounds like your dad's name. Uh, but he said, <laughs> should the Bengals take Shamar Chase in the first and get an o in a second or take Penny Sewell yeah. and hope to get a wide receiver later in the draft? And this is the million-dollar question. It's that. the it's the biggest question in Cincinnati right now. Cincinnati sports like history. Bengals Twitter, that's all it is. It's just Chase versus you team Chase or you team Sewell. Yeah. There's a few uh team Pitts fans. And it's just I think you can go wrong here, man. Mm-hmm. Because one, deep O line class, deep wide receiver class. You draft the wide receiver five, you get a good O line in the second. You draft the O line at five, you get a good wide receiver in the second. What's your opinion of Anthony Tresh said this recently that Jamar Chase's ceiling, his ceiling projection. Oh. His high end, what he could be, yeah. is better than Panay Sewell's ceiling, what he could be. More valuable to wins. Uh, more I, valuable. Yeah, possibly. more valuable to wins. I think it is. If you get Jamar Chase's ceiling, if you could, could pretend both of them are going to be as good as anyone thinks they could be, I'd rather have Jamar Chase. I think he's more valuable. That's what our data says, too. A top 10 wide receiver is more valuable than a top 10 tackle. I mean, it's also what the, you saw John Ledyard yesterday, a pewter report, talking about that defensive line coach said you just – no donkeys on the offensive line. You know, you just yeah. as long as you don't have it's, losers. It's very true. And it, it's a weakling thing. Even Mitchell Schwartz chimed in on that conversation. He said, "You really you need a good left tackle, and then you need good linemen after that." Like I think getting that great offensive tackle obviously is Panay Sewell here. Say but why not? Why isn't that Jonah Williams, but, former first round pick? He's fine. I, I just think that two tackles, two tackles to me makes an offensive line. You can find guard centers fairly easily. You can't find tackles easily. Is the problem. It's like no weak link, fat, like don't have a weak link. Especially not a tackle. But it's like, okay, we'll go. There's only like 25 good tackles in the league. Maybe less. Yeah. And that's between left and right. Mm-hmm. So. And you don't think they have two of them right now? I mean, God, like Riley Reef in his early 30s, you're relying on that. That's like, that's what you're relying on. That's I fair. mean, no, that's, that's the reason you got signed for if like. If you aren't confident Riley Reef is a top 20. But then it's also not problem. even like a this year decision. Also, it's like the next decade and then the thing about tackles is you don't just go sign one you don't you don't go find one on in free agency you're not they're just too like, expensive oh, shit. and they often get tagged yes they like teams don't let them go because they're like again there's 25 good ones. uh that's actually not true the Bengals let andrew whitworth go you forget we're talking about the you Bengals. forget you yeah. forget all right let's get out of this question i would lean jamar chase but i don't think i agree with you mike that you can't go wrong go wrong all right MJW0596, not going to lie, free draft guide won me over. But I'd also like to know what will be the best way to follow you guys come draft night. Looking forward to some live rapid reactions and first round shenanigans. How do they follow us, Austin? Follow us live on YouTube, Twitter, or PFF.com. We're going to be streaming live all seven rounds, all three days, and a fourth day recap show. Woo! We're going to go for five hours day one. They're making me like, earn my paycheck this year. God damn. It's going to be nuts, dude. Five hours day one, like six hours day two. 
Day three so is going to be a fucking slaughter. Like that, we're going to be on for like seven hours on day three, and and we're going to be doing live podcasting the week prior, days after. It's going to be a riot. If you want to be watching Mike and myself for those days, you'll be able to find it. It's going to be everywhere. It's going to be awesome. We're excited about it. I love this shit. It's going to be sick, dude. It's going to be so sick. All right, this is from George Orr four two one. Hi. Big Jets fan and wondering if you would still take wide receiver at 23, even after large investments this offseason. I love Bateman as a prospect, but interior offensive line and corner are bigger needs right now. Would you pass up on Bateman for someone further down on your big board at either interior offensive line or corner? You're you're not in a position to be need chasing, in my opinion. If you're the Jets. Now, I think at 23, you can go. O line, and I'm just interior O line. You can go OT. You can go like take advantage of, like I said, I keep saying, take advantage of these strong classes that like are going to push guys down the board. Kind of like you know the Justin Jefferson last year. You don't find that guy at 23 in every other draft, but because there's a lot of wide receivers, you can find that guy there. So if Bateman's at 23, you don't find that guy at 23. If Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle, Jamar Chase don't exist, and Kadarius Tony. I mean, Schrager talked yeah. about how he'd yeah. go in the top 15. So. Don't you're just not you need you need to find valuable positions. So I do think twenty three is a decent spot for Elijah Vera Tucker to come off the board. Because I've been thinking about where is Elijah Vera Tucker gonna come off, off the board earlier. Really? I bet the Vikings drafted, to be honest. Really? Yeah. I I mean I would not be surprised. I mean I I do think that so what can we have a little conversation about Elijah Vera Tucker? Because it's interesting. We haven't talked about him sure a ton. Yeah. We've kind of just like he's good and everyone agrees he's good and that's it. Yeah. But I think the, where, the only way the conversation differs is when you start to consider positional value. Because if you consider him like the best interior offensive lineman in this class, a lot of traditional draft analysts and scouts say, okay, that's a top 10, top 15 type of pick. But he's going to be coming off the board in our mock drafts closer to the back end of the first, top of the second, because it's just so difficult when you consider positional value trying to invest in that guard position. Yeah, I mean, he, but he is very good. Like he's going to be like an above average guard day one. I'd say. Yeah. Fair so, enough. So, like, if you, again, took positional value out of the equation, top 12 player, top 15 mm -hmm. player in this class easily. I saw someone, I think it was Robert Mays of The Ringer, who's a great follower on Twitter, by the way. He said on the pod, best thing I've said about him is that you're going to pick him, he's going to start for 10 years, and you're not going to have to worry about that spot for 10 years. Yeah. And I said, okay. I thought, I like, yeah, that's true. How valuable is that? Yeah. <laughs> I don't I, not, I don't want to pick in the first round some guy I don't have to worry about for 10 years. I want a guy that everyone has to worry about for 10 years. I want oh, I want I'm, 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 quote. I want I want someone who's a monster. I want someone who's going to change the game, you know, especially with these first round picks. And mm -hmm. we've talked about this too much. And I'm, I apologize. I'm going to apologize to listeners. But the highest paid guard in the NFL doesn't make as much as Trey Hendrickson. OK, like that's the, that's the issue. Like if you want the best guard in the NFL, you can go pay him and not pay Trey Hendrickson. If you want the best offensive tackle or wide receiver or edge rusher, you're going to have to draft him and keep him in-house because those yeah. guys don't leave. Yeah. Guards hit the market. Yes. Tackles don't. Dude, the Raiders cut Gabe Jackson. He signed like a three-year deal. I mean, like, yeah. like with the Seahawks. I mean, yeah, I would always, like, I would recommend and talk about a position guard, center, guard to literally just be either guys you drafted in the third round or later or free, veteran free agents. And especially tackle converts. You're telling me I can get yeah. Alex Leatherwood to kick inside the guard in round two? Like, I will. Thank you. I will. Yeah. And the other thing, too, is that um, talk about a position you don't need to be elite at. You know, being elite at guard is not going to take you anywhere. As good, you could have Quentin Nelson. Tell it to Wyatt Teller. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Regardless, regardless, I'm going to end my rant here. Elijah Vera Tucker, very good player. 
probably goes inside the top 20. Yeah. I'm going to chase the ceiling a little bit hotter though. I'm going to try and I'm going to swing a bigger bat there. I'm going to yeah. swing a bigger bat. All right. Hey, it's Justin Alshafi. That's this guy's name. What's up, Justin? Uh, guys, I'm a huge fan. I want to touch base because by the time this is read, it may be post-draft. <laughs> I'm hoping we secure Penesul. No faith. I'm hoping we, so this is for the Falcons. Yeah. I'm hoping we secure Penesul or trade back and grab Sertan. Opinions? Trade back, just too much too much juice to squeeze there. Mm -hmm. You just got, you, you can change your franchise with the trade back. One of those guys, great. But you can get, if you're going to, I'm guessing. Now, obviously, I don't know what teams are offering or will be offering. But you can get a future first rounder. You can go down to nine and get a future first rounder. I would bet someone's going to want that for yeah. either Lance Fields, whoever's there for. Trade back to nine and get a future first rounder. You could trade back and probably get even more than that. And that's how you change your franchise is getting multiple years of multiple good players that are cheap. And, and if you're trying to win with Matt Ryan right now, I argue that trading back, getting a future first rounder, maybe a future first and a future second, and getting Patrick Sertan at nine and yeah. then leveraging those two first round picks in 2021 is that last shot with Matt Ryan is, is probably the move. That's better for your football. And team. I will also say and something that doesn't really get talked about, honestly, ever. I can never hear it talked about. But the rookie wage scale, it is still skewed high at the top. So if you're picking at four, you're going to pay the guy half as much that you're, or twice as much that you're paying yeah. at nine if you move down to nine. Mm -hmm. So that, that used to matter before the CBA uh, limited rookies. Uh, wages when it was like Matt Stafford you're paying on like a top 10 quarterback right off the rip. Dude, Russell making 60 million guaranteed off the rip. Yeah, it's absurd. But that used to be a much bigger deal, but it, it still kind of is. Like if you're going to draft a position player, you're going to draft Kyle Pitts, you're going to be paying Kyle Pitts a lot, like comparative tight ends. You're not saving if you're compared to like, if you draft a corner at nine, he becomes really good. So I'm just, it's something to think about. Not going to drive that whole decision altogether though. Next question here is from Kyle Bratzel. Some mainstream media outlets love matching a player who is a position of need with a team. Question, what are some player scheme fits you would hate in the first round? I, I think I hate J.C. Horn to the Cardinals. I just don't think he fits Van Joseph, Steve. I would not love that. Uh, Asante Samuel to the Jets we touched on, or Asante Samuel to any of like the press man or like the press three teams. That would also be like Chiefs. Um, Jeremiah Wusikormo to the Raiders. I don't like that fit. I think he would just be, he would be neutered in Gus Bradley, right? Gus Bradley's defense. You'd, uh, you'd, Unless he plays the Derwin James role, right? Well, he would be box Nick, safety, but Jonathan Abrams. Yeah, box true, safety. true. Like you want Jonathan Abrams there. And you can't bench Nick Witkowski. Yeah, what are you going to do there? Uh, and then the Moore brothers, any of the smaller slaughter receivers to the Ravens, I just don't like that fit. And the reason for that, obviously, is that Lamar Jackson accuracy. I mean, you talk about them needing big body. The way body. he throws over the middle of the field, it's not. He throws like behind linebackers. You need you need bigger catch rates with him. And also you have Devin Duvernay, who's like Devin Duvernay and Hollywood Brown are both like five eleven. You get by on a receiving core of all shrimps is gonna be tough. Uh, another one I'll add to that is any running back to the Steelers at twenty four is a is a fit that I don't like. Yeah, you got to go they, off the not, tackle there. Yeah. <laughs> all right. This is from Melguan the Don seventeen. Hey guys, maybe a question you don't think about often. But why do you think Josh Dotson didn't turn out to be good in the pros? He graded really well for PFF at yeah. TCU. I, mean, I was a fan. Monster, yeah. I was a fan. And remember, he had some absurdly high PFF grade before going to draft. He did. You're yeah. right. So he was kind of what you worry about with age-related production. What, and also, he was skinny. So he was 23 when he came out. Didn't have a big year until his last year at TCU after he had 
I think he started at Wyoming, transferred to TCU. And then you're like, the guys who come on early, all of a sudden you're the adult playing against kids in the Big 12. And that offense, that was so much fun to watch though with him and Trayvon Boykin. They were slinging it. And he was a good athlete, but it was, again, he was a guy who was skinny, not getting pressed in the Big 12. And then you get to the NFL and all of a sudden, like those contested catches that you're making over 180 pound corners, you're not making over guys who are the exact same size as you. And I think that was Doxon's biggest issue, just playing through contact. Fair enough. All right. Another TCU guy we liked a lot was PJ Dawson. We talk about PJ all the time. We yeah. Do. His problem was not so much on the field. Yeah. That guy was a monster. I miss him. All right. This <laughs> is from Shave That Squirrel on Your Face. God damn it. That being said, I want the Dude, Bronx. He literally just create an Apple account just to demolish you. Just I respect put you in it. an early grave. I respect it. I I have I love it. Early yes. grave? I'm rising out of that. <laughs> that being said, I want the Browns to draft JOK, and I'm pretty certain he won't be there at 26. We have had multiple Zoom interviews with JC Horn, but I doubt he will be available either mm-hmm. with Farley probably dropping. With Troy Hill under contract, Ward and Greedy, do you think the Browns take an edge or think they shoot their shot on Zayvon Collins? Personally, I think if we can get JOK at 26, if we can't get JOK at 26, we should go edge then grab Jabril Cox or Jamin Davis in the second. Jamin feels like this year is Jordan Brooks. That guy's going to just like go to someone in the first. Now he's sadly the Seattle Seahawks aren't in the first round this year. So that would have been an ideal fit, obviously, with them just skewing whatever they need. Uh, I really don't. The Browns masterclass free agency this offseason, my humble opinion. I tweeted this yesterday. That was like they filled every need they had at defense. Didn't pay a lot of money. Only one real long-term contract in the John John Johnson deal. And it's only three years. Yeah. Like one that they're really stuck into for those three years. That's good business, man. That Like that's how you do it. And now you go to the draft. You got 26. You don't know how the hell the board's going to play out. And you don't have to force Billy Price into your offensive line. If you Easy. Really, sorry. Had to do it. But you don't have to force anything. So I, I do think they're in a really good spot to just – I don't think it's going to be linebacker now even though that's probably maybe like the weakest spot. I, I think they're in a good spot to even like address corner if, or even move up for a corner if they like one of those corners. So I also like, I, I like corner edge tackle. You know me, you know me. <laughs> Biggest need every team corner edge tackle. It's true. It's true. It's true. Tell me it's not. No, I do. Cornerback uh, is my thing where it's just like three guys play. Who, who has three good corners? None. Who's three good corners? How many teams have three good corners? Until you have three good corners, then come back and talk to me about it being a need. Fair. Or not being a need. Fair. All right. This is from Dusty Dust. I think the Ravens have three good corners. There's some teams that do. The Bucs? Yeah, Bucs. Bengals have like six average decent corners. <laughs> that kind of makes three good corners. If they if they get Drake or Patrick back, they'll, they'll have the average corner stable. Yikes. This is from Dusty Dust on the Rusty Bus. I love that. At 16, if any of the big three wide receivers fall or any of the big three corners fall, what would your selection be? Thanks for the input. I think the big three wide receivers, one of them, uh, I just think they're better respectively at their positions. So like all three of the wide receivers on our board, obviously we just talked about we love cornerback value. All three of the wide receivers are above the top cornerback in our board. So they're... Give Cliff another weapon to just completely abolish. All right. uh, And fucking Schrager had Devontae Smith fall into 16, so... Very true. Stranger things. Should see things. Tony going there. Oof. If the NFL is as high on Tony as Frager was saying, 
Tony's interesting there. They wouldn't use him right at all. Cause... That'd be a sad, sad state of affairs. All right, this is from they C- plug him at right wide receiver. Yeah, they would. <laughs> this is from C. Smith. If you could fall, be a fly on the wall in the Chiefs war room on draft day, what prospects do you think are on the top their top list come pick thirty one? And who does Brett Veach and Andy Reid ultimately go with? I bet they just have like a tackle draft board. They don't have another. They don't have other players in this draft board. It's just offensive tackles. I would. I would imagine. I couldn't fathom them going anywhere other than tackle with Lucas Niang and God knows what else that they're. They resigned Remmers, I think. Awesome. <laughs> I'm so happy for them. But no, I, that's what it's got to be. Probably who they're praying for. I'm not. I'm not sure any of like the real blue chip guys fall like Sewell, Slater, Darius. I don't think are making it there. It's, that's not going to happen. You you might see them move up. If they really, one of them's like available, like twenty one, something like that. But I think the more realistic, Cosme, Tevin Jenkins are probably where it's starting to be. Real. I saw Dame Brugler had a seven round mock draft for the Athletic recently. He had Sam Cosme falling all the way down in the forties. I just man, I just can't imagine the Kansas City Chiefs passing on Cosme. Like Cosme, well, who, who do you have them drafting? Do you have them drafting another tackle? I don't know if he did or not. That's on me. I don't think he did though. I'm gonna go to look it up. Watch the PFF NFL Draft Show live on PFF.com starting the April 29th, covering every round with live reaction and analysis from Chris Collinsworth, PFF's team of draft analysts, myself, Mike Renner, Eric Eager, Sam Monson, Steve Palzolo, guest appearances from Richard Sherman, Al Michaels, Darius Butler. Should be quite the time. Definitely go to every single round. We're going to do every single round on PFF.com. And before you do, go get the latest draft guide. 2021 NFL Draft Guide is finally out. 300 player profiles. Subscribe to PFF Edge or Elite to get access. Subscribe to PFF's Elite Annual Subscription using promo code ACTION to receive a year of Elite Subscription Access and one year, 365 days, of Action Pro Subscription Access for just $199.99. Action Pro is Action Network's premium subscription, offering tailor-made to make avid and new betters better. This is a limited time offer that is currently only made available now through the end of the draft. This offer only applies to first-time Elite Annual subscribers. In these uncertain times, life is full of questions, like when should I start thinking about life insurance? But however difficult these decisions may be, Western and Southern can help you answer them. Backed by over 130 years of experience, together we can look ahead to leave the unknown behind. Western and Southern Financial Group, life insurance, retirement, and investments. Compensated endorser, products issued by member companies of Western Southern Financial Group, Cincinnati, Ohio. All right, next question here. This is from Ryan from Chicago. What do you guys think the Blue Blood CFB schools are? I'm going to make people upset with this. But I wrote down my list. Now, if I missed one, please help me out here. But in the Division One Independence, we have Notre Dame. Blue blood. In the SEC, Alabama, LSU. Did you just say Notre Dame and blue blood in the Independence? Yeah. Okay. They are. All right. Are they not? I guess they are. They've they got the two of the last. I, I hate Notre Dame, but they have like the four horsemen or whatever the fuck you guys get all riled up about yet yeah, notre dame's blue I'll they've been to two that. playoffs in the national championship in the last decade that's a fucking blue blood if i've ever seen one but i mean okay if you're gonna challenge me on notre dame being a blue blood, i'm not i'm not, I'm, not. I'm just right i'm laughing I'm just at that i'm laughing that you brought up the independence okay yeah division one independence. uh sec we have alabama lsu florida georgia auburn any others you'd like to Kicking add? Kicking Auburn in there is interesting. I guess that's fair. I guess that's fair. I don't want a national title that. I mean, it's just crazy to have that many blue bloods in one 
conference, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, sure. that's that's the SEC. It's the SEC for you. Big Ten, it's just Ohio State Michigan. Sorry, Penn State. I debated you. I, I don't see it. You're not going to put Penn State as a blue blood? I don't think so. Man, that's brutal. I don't think so, sadly. It's been... It's been a while, Joe Pye. Oh my Joe God! I'm looking ahead. I'm looking ahead to your ACC. ACC, Clemson, and FSU. You know, Miami, Florida. How the might have fallen? I don't think they are anymore. That sucks. It really is. It's just been too long. Too yeah. much. No, you're right. No, you're not wrong there. It's just even sad. though I included Michigan, which maybe I should not have. But they I, still they, draw. They're headlines. on the teeter. But they're still like fan base wise. Yeah, yeah. You know they and recruiting wise. Yeah. I think blue, recruiting ranks is a good indication of blue blood. That's like a. It's kind of the combination of both. It's like, do you have the fans? Do you have the history? And do can you still pull at this point in time? Like Texas. So Clemson, FS, Florida State in the ACC. That's Texas in the Big 12 and Oklahoma. That's really it. I don't think you really make an argument for anyone. Oklahoma State, I think, wants to think of themselves as one. Mm-hmm. They're not. Miami, Miami still has the 12th best recruiting class of any team in the country this year. They recruit because of location and like they'll always, but just the, the dubs ain't coming. It's having one. Texas A&M at seven in 2021. Not a blue blood. But. Texas A&M. Yeah, I wouldn't call them blue blood either. Fair enough. All right. Um, and then Pac-12, you only got USC. That's it. Yeah, USC recruits well, according to the Debated latest rankings. Washington. They're eighth right ahead of Notre Dame. USC's just got, you know, the branding. That's- Surprise ranking inside the top 20 here. Maryland. Maryland at 18 ahead of Tennessee. Yeah. Interesting. Um, but yeah, like I said, I debated Washington, Texas A&M, Miami, Tennessee, Penn State. I just, not blue blessed to me. Fair enough. All right, let's go to Ham Magic. I have a couple of Browns questions. They should go defense with their top two picks. First, do we need to trade up to go get a corner now that Horn and Newsom are climbing? Next, can we get Ronnie Perkins in the second? Or And do you like him for us? Finally, what flat-out speed receiver can we find early in the third? I would not hate a small jump for Greg Newsom. Yes, that, by all means. Um, I do think Perkins will probably be there in the second, just with kind of this edge class being fairly deep and not great. So I think it'll be kind of like drafted a little later. Um, speed receiver, I would have said Tyron Wallace, but he ran a 4-5 this pro day. Surprise. A little bit. I wasn't that surprised. I didn't see that speed on tape. He was a track star. Um, Dwayne Eskridge, Mir Smith-Marset, Dwayne Eskridge, the... Western Gosh, Michigan. Western Michigan. I always get the directional Michigan. He's also like 24. 24, but he can fly. Amir Smith, Marset, same thing. Iowa receiver. Skinny. Not going to be a whatever, do-it-all guy, but he can fly. So those two guys. If you look for speed, they got it. Fair enough. All right, let's get to Cake Pants 5. How good does nice. Jordan Love need to be to justify the draft choice? <sighs> the, uh, this one's... I went back and forth on this one. I really don't hate the pick as much as like a lot of people hate the pick. It's quarterback. You're still like a, it's a high, high variance lottery ticket that you bought. But it's just like, does it matter if he doesn't play? That's like, it's more. What do you? What's the plan for him in the future? Because you're, like, you don't want to get rid of Rodgers. Like, I, I don't think even if he's good, if it led to you leave parting ways with Rodgers or Rodgers like leaving in the next three or four years, I don't think that's a good thing. Like Rodgers is what you are looking for at the quarterback position. If it leads to you not extending Rodgers, that's a bad thing, even if Jordan Love is good. So I don't know. This one, to justify it, that guy better be the quarterback. He better, Aaron Rodgers better hang it up in three years and he better be fucking good. That's, there you go. He better be good. I mean, that's, be that's, that's to like, 
I mean, I think that's not the only way to justify it. I think that's the way for it to be like a good pick. To justify it, I mean, you could also like move on from him for like a second or like a first yeah. or something. Like, but like at this point, like Aaron Rodgers is playing really good football. It was like the I, timing of it was just wrong. Yeah. I mean, I mean, and how similar of a situation is it that Atlanta's in? Like, yeah. Like Atlanta's in, and people keep mocking quarterbacks to Atlanta. I just don't see it. Peter Schrager told us yesterday, he's like, I don't see the Atlanta Falcons taking a quarterback. And I agree with him, but there are others that still have, you know, Trey Lance or whoever going to. I mean, Dane Brugler of the Athletic has them going Trey Lance at four. Like, this I just, time. why? Yeah. Why? And we said it with the Falcons. It's like, you draft a quarterback at four, you're not going to win a Super Bowl with Matt Ryan in this next three years. Yes. You could if you, if you flip those into three impact players, but your roster's too bad to realistically say to w- burn a valuable pick like that into smoke for the next three years because yep. he's not going to play over Matt Ryan. No, I agree. All right, this is from Chandler W. King. Mike, do you think – what do you think of Jerion Ely? He said he has the same glasses as us too. Nice. Oh, I have the same glasses as you guys. Nice. Glasses guy. Love that. Mike, what do you think of Jerion Ely at Ole Miss? I think he's one of the most gifted runners I've seen. Love the show. Hot, hottie toddy come to the sip. He's sweet. He's real in space. Oh, I thought you were talking about the hit. What does hottie toddy come to the sip? That's what they come to the sip is what Lane Kiffin always tweets out. Oh, does he really? Lane? It's like come to Mississippi, the sip. Oh, the sip. Uh, (laughs) High ties are like roll tide equivalent. Um, It sucks. It's not the best. (laughs) Hottie toddy doesn't really really get you going quite like a roll tide. Keeps him from being a blue blood, that's for sure. (laughs) I bet Ole Miss tailgate's pretty sick. No, absolutely. My brother lives in Jackson, Mississippi. Let's make a play. Horrible town. Sorry if any of our listeners from Jackson, Mississippi. That was one of the worst cities I've ever been to in America. It was just like... What made it so bad? Like, the roads weren't even... There was a road that was a 35-mile-per-hour speed limit. You couldn't go 35 without blowing out your tires. Like, it was awful. Uh, Just, like, poorly kept. And there's just, like, not stuff to do. So, there's my little hate on Jackson, Mississippi. But apparently, Oxford and Ole Miss, E&D, my brother, goes there for games every year. Says it's awesome. Said we got to go down there. I'm interested. Maybe tailgate tour. Yeah. It's not too far a drive. Um, but so Jerion Ely back to him, sophomore this past year, been playing since true freshman year. He's a little small. He's 5'8, 190. Definitely also looks it like he's not. His lower half's like pretty skinny, also. And so he's not going to run through, but he, man, he is shifty in space and like very natural. Like you said, gifted runner. Like he's a very knows how to set guys up. Uh, I'm excited to see if he can like pack on a little mass, get him a three down back status. Ooh. All right, like, like a Michael Carter is, you know, if he continues to get bigger. This is from Matt Petey. Best draft analyst you can find. After trading down, do you think it's still possible the Eagles are still in the market to draft a QB by possibly trading back up? Oh, he has more of this question. One, knowing what you know about Burrow. Two wait, no, Bur- that might have just been a different one. Oh, okay. Uh, or was that? I don't know. Someone asked that question. Okay, we'll get to that one next. All but right. I don't think the Eagles are in a quarterback at 12. I don't think they're going to trade up. I just, I just don't that would be a hell of a long con to get to get people off the scent we're gonna get people off scent so much and they trade the oh, same dude, trade what? back with miami oh and it was all just a joke it was all a ploy what That'd if they had what if they had the agreement prior where they said uh cow pits comes off the board it goes through cow pits doesn't come off the board we flip back immediately that would be hot is that yeah. legal yeah Ooh. that'd be nearly hotty toddy okay that Sorry. would be <laughs> I wonder if that's even legal. I want... Hmm, I want Get Goodell on the idea. phone. So far, we want Goodell on the pod. Is that legal? Can you do that? Can you have, like, trade clauses? That would be an ultimate, just like... Dude, can you imagine we're live oh. in studio when that happens? Oh, that'd be nuts. so much. Okay. 
All right, I love that. All right, all right. So next question. This is two piece here. But I don't think it's. I, I don't think it's actually. The no, piece. no, no. I don't think <laughs> that's, that's a very far fetched idea. But I don't think the Eagles going to be in the quarterback. Would be now. sick. All right. Knowing what you know about Burrow, Tua, and Herbert, where would you draft them if they were put back into this draft? Is Lawrence too much of a can't miss prospect that he still wouldn't go one? Yeah, I'd still go Lawrence one. Um, then I go Bur- Burrow two. And then I'm going to get hate for this, but I'd go Zach Wilson, then Justin Fields, and then Justin Herbert. Oh, buddy. The Herbert shade never ends. Yeah. I mean, that's, that just is where I go. Fair enough. And Lance Jones, too. I'd probably go Lawrence, Burrow. I don't know, man. I start to think about Herbert a little bit. I start to think about Herbert a little bit. I'd go Herbert over Wilson. I don't know. I think I'd go Herbert, Fields, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I do. That would be tough. I mean, Herbert has to get into the conversation at some point. Going Fields and Wilson over Herbert would be nuts. All right, let's go to number two. I said what I said. (laughs) If you were a team with a Super Bowl-worthy roster, would you give up all of your timeouts for the entire season to have a no-injury setting turned on? Yes. And if timeouts don't really matter if you're up every game. A no-injury setting would be hot. Yeah, I mean, you don't. That's... The death knell for also so many imagine teams. imagine the play calling you could call it that I mean you just you could send dudes out hospital for, balls yeah dude, you could just actually lose it you know you could call yeah. plays all the time I mean especially if, if the no injury also meant no pain no soreness no nothing like these guys are like invincible so they're on Tordal Tordal's back now I'm in I'm interested all right do you do you ever play that video game back in the day Blitz, Blitz. the League where like if you got hit and like your leg broke they'd like take them to the sideline shoot them up with steroids oh no I never saw dude that one was I sick. played the OG Blitz like so much i was king of that there's one play that's unstoppable i'm not gonna tell you what it is oh no don't tell me it's called the bomb everybody knows that that's, no it's you not just roll, it's utb no, deep it's utb deep stuff. no you just told bomb, you, to you just play? you roll backwards and then you just you jump and launch it deep no but the that's bomb it. uh it takes a guy off the route you want utb deep so when you want i, I trust he that. knows quinn we'll have to get some blitz tourneys here UTB deep. all right this is from nicholas c underscore three what would your thoughts be on the Bengals trading down especially if the falcons do do trade down to a QB needy team, would they get more value this way? Also, if they stay out of their current position, how would you rank Sewell, Pitts, and Chase for them, assuming they're still on the board? Dude, this question is going to get asked a thousand times. I missed it. I do think if Atlanta trades down at QB, trades down, someone comes up ahead of them, and four QBs go in a row, I don't necessarily think that the how many teams are calling up to go get the fifth yeah, best QB. If, if four QBs go off, then they're screwed. Like I don't think they're going to get a trade offer. That's yeah. nice at that they're point. They're not screwed, but I get what you're saying. Uh, if you do, the lowest I'd go is to like Carolina, though. You know, if, if you really do get an offer yeah. for the fifth, I think if that want, happens, because then if you go down to Carolina, you're going to get one of. Uh, assuming Carolina would go up for a quarterback, maybe they wouldn't. But if someone is moving up for a quarterback, you would get one of Pitts, Chase, Sewell. I do think if all four quarterbacks go, if four quarterbacks go and they're sitting there at five, I think Pitts is the move. Interesting. What would you do? You take Sewell over Pitts? <sighs> Probably. Man. Basic. Man. What if the four quarterbacks are Lawrence Wilson, Fields, Mac Jones, and, and then Trey Lance is still Lance out, out there? Because I feel like if Lance is still out there, somebody's going to get desperate. Yeah, yeah. If Lance like, is still oh, out there, th- he's the only one left. I got to go get, get it, and then yeah. they get a haul. Yeah, yeah. Denver maybe. Yeah, I, I, you could even move back to nine. I mean, you'd still get Slater if like one of those four. I'd be fine with that. What would be a reach? So this is from J. Kelly 3. What would be a reach for the Packers at 29, knowing their tendencies to go for high-caliber athletes who don't necessarily have a lot of college production? Oof, this would... Carlos Basham, to me, is the one that, like, might happen. I'm scared of. If it's their 
just what they like the 10 split athletic dude value position but it's just he's and obviously like they haven't given a shit about needs on the draft board yeah um which i don't hate but he's not gonna see the field like and then would also be like i just don't see him as that worthy of that quite high a pick yeah i don't think he's a first round player and he's also not a complimentary to rashawn gary either i got a lot of i got a lot of issues Dude, you're just like go. this is not even a scenario that's happening you're just like man if they do this i'm gonna lose i it. mean i i talk my i i have to emotionally accept it now okay. in case it does happen okay all right this one's from this is a long one a little bit of a novel here this is from telesco loves getting golden dome nice side note oh well side note i ran into renner at kenwood mall here in cincy a little over a year ago right in front of oakley sunglasses store he was walking with a girl but i was too much of a chicken to say hi and ask for a picture Strymax. <laughs> what great the one that beat my ass oh the one that beat your ass yeah you'd go to the mall with her Yikes. uh why did i go to the mall just getting I think you're close. I mean, otherwise, I want to go to the mall. I think it was, that yeah. sounds like. But I do remember this. I do remember going to the mall with her like a year and a half ago. Going to the mall sounds awful. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Mike, would you have stopped and taken a picture with a big fan? Would you have stopped and taken a picture with a big fan? Yeah. I mean, someone asked for a picture. Not Could your ex even know how to work out a camera? <laughs> yeah, did she? <laughs> Could she, she taken a picture? Does she know how to hold the camera? All right. Um, anyways, it's obvious the Chargers need to draft an offensive tackle, but with Sewell and Slater being off the board by 13, I'm not sure if Darisaw is good value. I was wondering with Farley's injury slide and Sertan off the board, is Horn a reach? And is he a good scheme fit for Staley's scheme? In addition, I believe the Chargers need to find a good 3-4 defensive end opposite of Jerry Tillery. What are some options for the Chargers early in the early to mid rounds? I was hoping for a Chris Jones type. Oh, same. Of player Barmore, for example. Mm. What are your thoughts between taking Horn, Barmore, or Darisol at 13? Well-written question. And honestly, I wish you took a picture with this guy. Yeah, should have. Um, I do like Darisol. Still like left tackle, still in need there. I, I don't think Horn's a great scheme fit either. I, they just play a ton of off there. And he's a little out of control as tackler. You need to tackle in that defense too. So, Barmore or Darisol, I'm in. I'm in with both those guys. Now, I also do love a good 3-4 defensive end. In the later rounds, some the guys I had highlighted in that mold, Osa Digizio is probably my favorite three-four defensive end in your classical, thirty-four-inch arms, two gap. He can do that. Marlon, uh, the UCLA defensive tackle, Marlon Tuipulotu, I'll also highlight as well. The USC defensive tackle, another guy, ticks that box. Marvin Wilson too, right? I throw Marvin Wilson there too, actually. Yeah. Um, what that do you might think? Might be of, his best play. He didn't mention this. That might be his best role, honestly. Marvin Wilson. He's not. I don't think he's going to be like a penetrator with that with just that get off yeah um this is an interesting question from telesco loves getting golden dome i think the other thing i wanted to add is what's your opinion of wide receiver at 13 for chargers like if, 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 if fun, it's yeah, that's what i'm saying i'm not against it like i like Guyton. waddle i like waddle at 13 like if slater you like Jalen Guyton. <laughs> if if slater and sewell are gone I would probably lean Barmore or Waddle or Barmore or Smith. If Smith is falling as far as 16 in some of these mocks, I could be down. Yeah. Could be the move. All right. This is from I Am The Machine 99 with the recent tank in week 17 that ended up netting the Eagles a first round pick to move the six pick to 12. Do you see owners eventually voting on a draft lottery system? The NHL tried this after Edmondson had the first overall pick in four of six years with embarrassing results. The most needy teams have been bumped down year after year, and borderline playoff teams jump eight to ten spots frequently. Would this increase competitive balance or punish the truly needy teams? I don't think they'll change. I just think like NFL is so conservative. Yeah. In terms of like inching forward. 
The problem is the NFL won't change. Why won't we start gaming the system then? I mean, I know teams some some teams but, but really I, are. I was gonna say I could see it if you see some obvious. Mm-hmm. The Jags were like borderline obvious this past season with what they did with Minshew, but I, I I really don't think unless you see and then once you do, then it will be a conversation. Then I could feasibly see it. I still don't think it's gonna be like. I have a good question after this. I think it would be like a small amount of teams though. I don't think you'd do everyone that misses the playoffs mm-hmm. gets in the lottery like the NBA. It would probably be. Top three is like a jumble. You got to do it. What team currently projected to draft inside the top five? You know, some of the lowest ranked teams right now. Would what 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 move could one of those teams make to make to make it obvious that they're tanking? I mean, like you bench Matt Ryan. <laughs> okay, come on. I meant I meant I meant I meant teams. I meant teams that are projected to draft in the top five oh, in 2022. 2022. So like Houston, Detroit. Yeah, I mean, if Detroit like bench golf, also like that would. My take is if Houston like. Obviously, Deshaun Watson stuff. I don't think he's playing this season, and if he doesn't, and they don't do anything about. It. All right, Terod Taylor though. I don't know if he's tank. Can Terod Taylor tank that roster? Yeah, I mean, it's Terod Taylor. It's such a bad roster that. Fair, fair. I, 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 I would mean, definitely. Deshaun Watson went four twelve with that roster. Fair, and now it's worse. Yeah. Uh, you know who plays? You know who's quarterback for the Texans? Ryan Finley. Dude, he got, Finley he got them. Yeah, they made a nice. They made the. They made the tank move. The classic tank move. You're yeah. starting Ryan Finley. You want the number one. Yeah, he got Ryan Finley. Got the Bengals Burrow, so he could do it again. This guy had a couple more questions. Uh, which top 100 picks would make you cake your pants as a Titans fan? I would love Elijah Moore in the first. Christian Barmore. I don't love the day two cornerbacks, but I do, would love the Aaron Robinson fit across from uh, Jack Rabbit. So there. Uh, and then last one here. Any prospect have the potential to get a DUI and COVID in their first season as a Titan? The bar has been pretty set pretty high by Isaiah Wilson. Um, there are guys that I, I, I won't name names yet, but there are probably guys that I would have. Would make a play? Yeah. I don't think plays. anyone's going to be on Isaiah Wilson levels next but year. But yeah, no There's one's. There's just no way. And no one's going to end up. If someone ends up on a hood of a car dancing in, in a, strip, a mall. strip mall somewhere in Mississippi. I'll be surprised. At that point, it's Tennessee, though. At, that, at that point, it's on Tennessee for oh, developing these said monsters. it was in Tennessee. <laughs> yeah. oh, 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 oh. <laughs> I was like, oh, well, well really? Um, Actually, was it Florida? The, the other thing I'll add, too, is I, I tweeted this when he had that picture come out. Isaiah Wilson was just in a constant state of send once he got drafted. Like, he did not let up. The gas pedal was down. Yeah. His, you got to, like, find out these guys' motives. His motive was to just get drafted. Yeah. Then he was out. Then he was, that was it. He Tough, hit, man. That he, he succeeded in his goal. I just don't know how that doesn't come out in the vetting process. Yeah. I'm interested to know how that doesn't come out in the vetting process. Didn't he jump out a window too? I was that know. when he was in college or was that, was he, he was at like a party and he jumped off a balcony? I don't know. Man, that guy flying through the air sounds scary as hell. It looks like a meteor coming down. That would be nuts. He jumped from a second floor balcony to evade detection when. Well, that was at the party he was at. To evade detection? Yeah, because he was at that party and didn't want to get cited for COVID, the COVID stuff. He jumped out of a window onto what? Jumped out of the second floor balcony. And landing on what? I mean, second floor, you can just land on the ground. I guess that's fair. He can? That probably... Can you imagine that big of a human being jumping out of a fucking window? Earthquake. What an athlete. Maybe somebody will pick him up. I actually kind of like that. (laughs) All right, a couple more questions here, then we'll wrap up the bonus episode. We've kind of... Also, I just said, like, I didn't think about this at the time, but... Miami had to be the worst place to sign him just in terms of like where you're living. Miami or Vegas, if they signed him, do you think that guy's going to make it through his rookie, like that year there without just sending it true. the night before a game till like 5 a.m.? It's very true. No. So, all right. Hey guys, love the pod. This is from Broncos13579. With the Broncos adding the secondary in free agency, 
adding to the secondary in free agency, do you think they should stay at nine and take the best available player or trade back to acquire more picks? The Drew Locke discussion, or what's the Drew Locke conversation, is incredible to me. This guy was a second-round pick. He has not played good football for a stretch of more than two games in his entire NFL career. You, you got to do better than Drew Locke. And if you don't, if you're, not doing, if you're believing in Drew Locke, he's got to get so much fucking better for you to even come close to competing for a Super Bowl right now. And like the fact that people are just like, oh, like we roll into year three of Drew Locke, a second round pick again, mind you. Like we talked about how many teams need or are desperate for quarterbacks. Every single team passed on him, including the Broncos. If you thought he was that good, they would draft him. Like he's just, there are reasons why. And not saying he can't. But my God, you got to do better than Drew Locke, Denver Broncos, and you have a good roster right now. And and you Go have an opportunity. Like I would even, I would trade a future first round pick and a future third to go from nine to four yesterday to go get Fields or Lance. If Mac Jones falls and it's just Lance or Jones, it's it's a different conversation because I do think Fields is a, is a better caliber quarterback than Lance. I think the tiers for me are Lawrence, Wilson, Fields, Lance in his own tier, and then Jones in his own tier. How do you view the tiers? Is Lance in that second tier for you? No, I, yeah, I think Lance is on tier. Which, again, it's like if, if the San Francisco 49ers do pass on Mac Jones, like you have every reason to go up and grab him. You're the, you're the team closest now with Carolina now buying into Sam Darnold, Detroit committing to the tank most likely, Miami with Tua, Bengals with Burrow. You're the team most close to Atlanta. You'd have to give up the least compared to the other teams trading up. Why not? But worst case scenario for you is that Drew Locke plays well and you know end up playing fields. And then... I, again, I just don't know, man. I, I think this roster is good enough to go get a quarterback and, and win with you know a Fields or a Lance. Go yeah. get one. Um, all right. Yeah. This is from next one here. Tyrell three two one. Who are some players the Eagles should target with our second and third round picks? I feel like we've had this question like we, three a times, maybe a billion but, times. Although I think some of them were defense folks. So I said I was going to give you offensive players here. That's what I. Okay. I think the inevitably now twelve. It obviously depends what they do at twelve. They feel like they'd be in the wide receiver market. But if they're not, I would grab which, whichever wide receiver inevitably falls to the second because there's just not enough landing spots for these guys, whether it's Kadarius Tony, Terrace Marshall. Terrace Marshall. If Terrace Marshall falls to them in second, I love Rondo that. Moore. Like, whatever one of those guys falls to in second. I also don't think this would be a bad landing spot for Fryermuth. Um, they're obviously, they're shopping. Ertz. I don't know what's ultimately going to happen with that. So that's... Those are your potential targets. Dur. This is from JDD Eloach three. Do you know if you guys don't know if you guys get this before the draft? We did. If you happen to get to it, how do you compare and contrast Joe Burrow and Mac Jones? All right. So we've talked about the tight window throws and whatever Burrow is just like on another level with that and the difficulty in what he was doing. He's obviously, a, I think, a better athlete, or at least better at making plays outside the pocket, getting outside the pocket. And the offense he ran at LSU was much more pro style than what Alabama is. He was not. So yards gained through screens and RPOs, 22% of Mac Jones's yards, only 10% of Joe Burrow's. So Mac Jones had more yards gained on RPOs and screens in a having gained over a thousand yards, fewer passing dropbacks under pressure, only 18% for Mac Jones, best offensive line in college football, maybe the best offensive line in college football in the last like three or four years. Probably it was. LSU, they had some guys drafted. It was not a great off the line. Burrow was under pressure 30.8% of the snaps. That's almost average for NFL level. I think NFL averaged 33. So you saw him having to do 
what he's going to have to do in the NFL. And he had 81.6 passing grade under pressure. Mac Jones only 6'7". Just wasn't under pressure that much. So you see Burrow, high level, elite defenses he's facing, pro-style offense, and you're like, okay, start to buy in. That's real. Mac Jones, not necessarily pro-style offense. Really only faced the lead, like good defense once he got to the playoffs. And then, even then, like the Ohio State team this year, not even fucking close to the defense that Ohio State was throwing out last year. Um, and just not under pressure. Like, it had been all day to throw there. So Joe Burrow's way cooler, too. He's the man. And no DUI for Joe Burrow. Fair enough. Fair enough. DUIs matter. All right, this is from PFF Draft, please. I would love for the Giants to draft a wide receiver or Pitts in the first round. Pitts would be a dream. But after signing Galladay, maybe better to grab Slater if he's still available. If the Giants are able to grab Slater, what do you think they do with their second round pick? I would love Basham or Rousseau to fall so we could solidify the defensive line. Rousseau would be interesting, actually. Um, I don't think Basham's a great fit with how they treat their edge guys there. Um, Osai is the one I've been saying. Oh, Osai is like the great fit there in the second. And that's maybe a lot high based off of our board, but He's a freak athlete. That guy could fill that role better than a lot of these other guys could. Rousseau's the one who I, I'd be interested to see him in that defense, though, because he's, he's – I still feel like his athletic testing is still not a terrible athlete, even though, like, his cone shuttle were, like, awful. But, like, he's still kind of got to get off, and there's, there's still some – he still is very young, so we'll see. What do you think about them going double dipping in the offensive line, potentially grabbing Slater and then another offensive lineman on day two? Another, like, garlic. Creed Humphrey or something. Yeah. I don't hate it. The only thing is if the draft and Slater, like he's already, you're, you're putting him on the interior. Mm -hmm. That's what I worry about drafting Slater at 11. Because Peer, I think he's like a tackle only. I don't, I don't know if you're throwing that guy in he's a guard. He's big as hell. I saw a picture of yeah, him. He's six foot seven. I didn't realize how big that, I think he filled out a little bit more yeah. too. I saw a recent picture of him. He was training with Will Hernandez and I think some others. I and mean, he's like, objectively larger than Will Hernandez. And Hernandez is not tall, but I'm saying, like, he's also, like, similarly width-wise. Like, he's a fucking big-ass dude. Yeah, like, a six-foot-seven guy is just, you're not going to kick that guy inside guard. It's going to be tough for him. Um, And then Andrew Thomas drafted fourth overall. You could tell the guy you draft fourth overall, hey. Kicking you inside? Kicking you inside, buddy. Sorry. Um, Yeah, so that that's the tough thing with me is you're already addressing one of the interior positions. Last so. question here. Um, This is from Master10. Big fan of the pod and would love a draft guide. Question for you about my Giants, though. Would you want... Oh, this is another 11 question. And yeah. that's my computer. Um, who would you want at 11? It's Devontae Smith, who I want at 11. Okay. That's who I want at 11. I want the guy I know is very good at wide receiver. I don't think they should let Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton keep them from grabbing a receiver. Darius Slayton's just like... He was fun for a little bit there. It's like, oh, okay, we got a little something in the fifth. But you didn't get... Complete wide receiver. You didn't get anything near what Devontae Smith is. That's exactly. for sure. Like, exactly. do you want to be starting Darius Slayton over Devontae Smith? Absolutely not. Yeah. I think there's a significant gap, maybe a gap that Giants fans don't see. I think you go Devontae Smith. And I loved, and I think I brought this up multiple times. I love what you said before Kenny Galladay even signed with a team. You said, man, you're thinking about the Ravens as a fit. If he can kick in the slot there and work the middle of the field and that type of stuff, I do think that versatility for him is yeah, interesting. And Smith has that same versatility, like being able to do that with a combination of Shepard, Smith, Devontae Smith and Kenny Galladay. 
I mean, talk about trying to prop up Daniel Jones for the season, trying to get him something. I think I like that a lot. That would be pretty sweet. And then grab offensive line on day two and day three. Yep. Go get you know a center and interior offensive lineman there. All right, that's going to do it for the bonus listener mailbag. Until next time, make sure you leave a podcast review, five-star review. Your question will get answered on the mailbag. We're going to get to them. We're going to get to them. Five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Rate, review, and subscribe. Until next time, Austin Gale, Mike Renner, producer David Safaro, producer Mike Quinn, 2-4 Drafts. Mm-hmm.